Hey everybody, welcome to PlantTherapy.live. We are back with you all again for another week. My name is Ray. And I am Pache. And we have some more uh, great cannabis-driven conversation again for you this week. Um, Just a reminder to everybody listening that we are not sponsored in any way by any company. We always keep it real at uh, planttherapy.live. And we do this live every week, uh, live on YouTube, live on Twitch, uh, for anybody that wants to listen in real time. And we always post our recordings on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Just go to our website, uh, planttherapy.live, anytime for the link. Pache, it looks like we've got some repeat listeners. Excellent. Love repeat mm-hmm. listeners. Yes, and that's what it's all about, the repeat listeners. Uh, you know, as you 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 know, um, you know, we do this for everybody listening, our repeat listeners, and uh, anybody that's listening for the first time. Um, you know, let's get some, some visits going to our Facebook page, Plant Therapy Live, uh, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching uh, live on YouTube as well. And tonight is the wrap-up of Season 1. All right. Wow. Big. It went fast. Yeah, Absolutely went uh went really really fast so uh our basic grow series will be wrapped up tonight uh and moving forward so next week we are going to take a week off um well deserved little vacation after our mini series and uh when we come back on we're going to uh, start a little bit of a kind of a new format with having um special guests and uh, other growers just like you and me and uh, pache so uh look forward to doing that as we uh, move forward pache i had a pretty good week the mint chocolate chip are just completely buckling under their own weight uh, six week explosion complete start of week seven today uh just uh pretty much started uh for the most part my flush oh Had, exciting times yeah exciting times uh so looking forward to uh having a harvest right around the corner here so uh i notice a huge improvement with the white widow this time around all of the uh the nugs are, are, are rock hard which uh is kind of nice so i'm looking forward to that it didn't didn't get the full uh density last time around so now you're still so, two weeks from finishing your flush right pretty much yeah and then like, you still have another um like 10 or so days of drying and then you're curing for probably a month so it's still right you still have a ways to go you're so close but you still have a ways to go oh, oh yeah mm-hmm. i get a little drink there but uh yeah so um how how did you make out this week curious to know uh, well, so I'm six and a half weeks in, uh, day 45, and when I've been measuring my pH uh, for my runoff, it's been a bit low, uh, which I've been sort of preparing and sort of expecting with the um, the ocean forest soil. Uh, I had mm-hmm. included some lime in the soil to um, hopefully bring that up, but now that I'm testing my runoff, I still uh, it's sort of right on the line, right on that cusp. It's like five point nine to six point one, six point two. 
Um, so I just I added a little bit more lime, and my runoff is now up there in the six point one to six point three range. Um, mm-hmm. So it's perfect, exactly where I want to want it to be. Um, and then I'm, I'm also noticing that my uh, plants are starting to green up a little bit more. The the green is starting to get a little bit more deep. Um, nice. Yeah, so they're starting to look a little bit more healthy, and the um, the deficiencies haven't been growing anymore. So it looks like I've put a stop to them and things are starting to turn around. So that's fantastic. Um, nice. No sign of gnats. So they're either regrouping for a final assault or I've <laughs> yeah. successfully wiped the scourge from the face of my garage, I guess. Uh, yeah. So pache, pache. Um, <laughs> also no further spot, uh, no further Too sign funny. of um, uh, spider mites. So, yep. so far, so good. I, uh, I think I, I feel like I'm in the clear, but you're never, you're never really nope. in the clear. Just the moment you start to feel safe or lulled into a false sense of security, they will strike. That's right. So yeah, well that's uh, how uh, things have been going with me. <laughs> awesome. Well, we do have an agenda for tonight, so I think we should get right into it. Absolutely. Um, you know, so we're going to be wrapping up, right? We're going to be really talking about we've went through the process of, you know, the equipment that we've used, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, the, the environment and, and whatnot, and we've kind of gotten to a point now where we've harvested, we've dried, uh, and now we've got some, um, you know, maybe some airy buds that didn't amount to much, or maybe we have a bunch of, uh, trim that, uh, you know, from the buds that, uh, you, you know, you certainly don't want to get rid of. So we have lots of different options. Um, for making all kinds of different extracts. Um, so we're going to go through the list here, but, but I do want to really talk in order for to have a full understanding of, uh, of some of the things we're going to talk about. One thing we have to kind of touch on uh, that I'd like to really have a, a little bit of a session on uh, is something called the CB1 and the CB2 receptors. Um, our bodies are filled with them. Uh, and th- those are the receptors that receive cannabis when you consume it. Um, matter of fact, so if you eat a diet that's high in omega-3, 6s, and 9s, y- your body actually breaks those down into what are called endocannabinoids. Uh, and, you know, so whether you consume cannabis or not, there is activity in your CB1 and CB2 receptors uh, if you're eating uh, diets high in essential oils essential fatty acids. So just wanted to touch on that because um, there's different forms of cannabis. And a lot of people don't realize this when it comes to making extracts or come to making edibles. Um, When we smoke the flower, uh, we are actually, you know, performing a chemical reaction uh, with the heat that's being applied to the flower. And that heat basically activates the THC. So when we do inhale it or vaporize it, uh, we can actually feel the psychoactive effects. Um, so the, the BBC did an experiment one time and the video is on YouTube and they basically had this, this woman who they injected pure THC, uh, 
into her and they wait for it to kind of set in and waited for her to feel the effects. And they, um, basically made her fill out a survey of the way she was feeling at that time. And the results of the, the survey put her in an, in basically like a psychoactive state. Um, and she felt morbid, you know, just didn't feel well at all. Um, and felt like, you know, negative aspects of, of everything, um, and was very happy when it was over. But then they took the same person and they injected THC and CBD, a combination of the two of them. And uh, she had a ball. <laughs> it was actually uh, hilarious to see her. Uh, she couldn't even take the the rest of the survey um, seriously. She was laughing so hard. She had tears streaming in her face. She was using the survey, uh, the paper survey she was supposed to be filling out. Are they doing any the more of these ty- types of studies? Uh, can we, can no. we sign up? <laughs> But, 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 you know, I just kind of wanted to, um, touch on that a, a little bit because, um, if you can't just take a flower, okay. And, and eat the flower and feel the psychoactive effects. Um, because in that flower, there is no THC it's, or there's very little there's THCA. Okay. Um, and if you picture in your, in your, your body and in your brain, the CB1 and the CB2 receptors, they're only capable of, if you picture them like a lock, they're only capable of taking one key and that one key is THC. Um, but the flower has THCA and it won't fit. So we need to remove that additional uh, carbon molecule from the THC, THCA, which is acidic THC. Uh, and we do that by heating it up and then it converts it to THC. So then it can actually bind to the receptor. And I just kind of wanted to point that out because we are going to talk a little bit about decarboxylation, which is, which is basically what Pache is showing on the screen here. Now that's when, uh, when THC uh, breaks down to T uh, THCA breaks down to THC. Um, and you know, just to fully understand the decarboxylation process, uh, will help us fully understand how that applies to, um, you know, maybe some butter or some edibles or some oils, all of which we're going to talk about in a little while. Uh, if you choose to, 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 uh, you know, make an extract involving this stuff, it's important to understand how this all works. So I did want to just touch a little bit about this, you know, our bodies are wired to receive cannabis. We have to make sure the can, the cannabinoid is non-acidic when we consume it. And once that happens, we can feel the effects fully and we're in full control of that. Uh, you know, if you have the knowledge when you go through, uh, all of these processes. So, um, that was a mouthful, Paul. Yeah. It sounded like it. <laughs> so it was you, you know, yeah, that was kind of <laughs> tough to keep all my thoughts together all at the same time there. Uh, as well. So, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about decarboxylation, right? Um, so like we said, if you're smoking a joint from flour, that's dry. Absolutely. When you light that joint, decarboxylation takes place as the joint burns. And, and that's actually not an efficient way to consume cannabis, by the way. This is like the, when you, when you smoke it, when you roll a joint and smoke a joint, that's the least efficient way to actually consume cannabis because a lot of the time, a lot of it burns up in the air and, uh, you're just, you know, only taking a puff every couple of seconds or every 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And there's just a lot of stories and there's a lot of waste involved. Right. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, you got me off my, off my train of thought. So I'm keeping it light. It's the last one. (laughs) Too funny. Anyway, let me get a drink for a sec. 
Yeah, and listen, uh, you probably heard my uh, dog Mickey there slurping, lapping up uh, the water. He's an old rescue dog, and he's uh, he, he he doesn't. I don't know if he's going to make it to season th- season two. So, but uh, yeah, he was hacking up uh, along there. So if I, if I didn't have him on mute, I apologize. No, I think you were good there. Uh, we wish him all the best uh, over there. Oh, so. thanks. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So, and, and if you're, if you're smoking hash, if you're smoking chatter, if you're smoking oil, whatever the case may be, right. If you're, if you're vaporizing it or burning it, then of course, decarboxylation is going to happen at that time. Um, oh. but if you're, if you're going to be consuming it, then decarboxylation is going to have to take place prior to you consuming it because no fire is involved at that point. Um, so to decarboxylate so let's say that you're going to get into um making a butter or uh, an infused oil uh for instance um you would basically pre preheat your oven to about 250 degrees um just crush up uh the cannabis like you don't want to powderize it right just kind of you know chop it up or leave it in in kind of small chunks um spread it on a baking sheet and i cover it up with um with uh, tinfoil, but let me warn you ahead of time, if you're going to be doing this, uh, it really does stink up the whole house. Uh, so you want to take that into consideration. It's not the type of thing that you're going to be able to, um, you know, fly under the radar with. Uh, okay. Everybody, everybody's going to be aware of what's going on uh, once you get this stuff into the oven. So, um, but it, you know, about 240, 250 degrees, uh, it takes, about 45 to 60 minutes maybe uh, to get it just about right there's actually charts online you know the longer you decarboxylate the different effects you know the shorter you decarboxylate and people play around with it right they'll decarboxylate like at a higher temperature for a shorter time or at a lower temperature for a longer period of time uh, and test the side effects Mm -hmm. But um, all of this stuff is charted o- online. Cool. But the the one that basically converts, you know, the most amount of THCA to THC is about 240 degrees Fahrenheit to 250 for about an hour, a little less than an hour. Um, and then, of course, what I do is uh, once I take it out of the oven, I'll leave it cool for about 30 minutes, I guess, before I remove the... Uh, the uh, the uh, tin foil it over the cookie sheet just to let the uh, the vapor that was you know in there that was unreleased to just kind of recondense and and uh, and go back down so just to kind of increase the the, the yield okay. uh, if you're going to do this with keef though a lot of people save up you know 20 grams 30 grams 40 grams of like buster dust or keef uh, much shorter period of time you're only going to do it for about a half hour okay um, and some, some people actually go all the way to 300 and do it for five to 10 minutes. And that works kind of well, it's kind of the same effect. So just be careful with it because once you, uh, if you make a mistake and do it too long or too hot, then, you know, you can't go back. So you just want to be careful with that. Um, so, and all of the different cannabinoids, right? Not just THC, but CBD and all of the other various ones, they all have uh, acidic states and they all break down uh, when you apply heat. So just something I wanted to touch on, that's the process. And if if you're going to be consuming your cannabis, then this is something that you need to know 
because you could potentially not be getting the most maximum uh, amount of value from your hard work and your production. It might not be the most efficient way to smoke it, for example, in a joint, but it is probably the most social. Absolutely. So there is that aspect. And it's convenient, right? Um, I go back to the days when, you know, younger, much younger, when I was buying hash and doing BTs and stuff, right? You could basically make a gram of hash, get 40 BTs out of it, and keep you high for about four or five five days. Remember the very first time I ever bought anything, it was a nickel of hash, and it came sandwiched in between two nickels. Yep. Yeah, I've purchased... I've purchased hash that way myself as well, you know, so, um, but yeah, so extracts though, right. Mm. If we're going to be making extracts, depending on the extract that you make a lot of the time, you don't have to worry about decarboxylation at all. That only comes into play with edibles, which we'll talk about in in a little while. Um, but with extracts, right, if you're going to be making hash, then chances are you're going to be smoking or vaping that hash, right? So decarboxylation is going to happen at that time. Uh, so just wanted to kind of point that out. But some people do eat hash, and if you're going to eat it, then you would really want to look at decarboxylating it so you can get the full effects. But uh, a couple of different ways they make hash. Um, Pache, you, you've got one way there that uh, that, that you've used. Um, I'm just going to lightly touch on dry sift, because dry sift is something that, if you're in a larger production um, and you want to process a large amount of cannabis, uh, dry sifting is something that, um, you know, is, is quite easy to do. Uh, usually they use like a tumbler that's connected to a motor and a chain that spins the tumbler and they'll fill that with cannabis and, uh, you know, fire the motor up, it'll tumble. And then there's a, a screen underneath and, and a little well that connects all the, uh, captures all the trichromes so they can come by and scrape those out. And then they end up with a bunch of keef. Uh, and you can process large amounts um, pretty, you know, pretty quick and without a lot of manpower. So and w- once that's done, they just use a press uh, and apply a little bit of heat and uh, press it into uh, in- into breaks of hash. So just wanted to touch on that. But, you know, that's more for a larger production, Pache. For us home growers, uh, we're using bubble bags, right? Yeah. So this is something that I tried um, after my first grow. Uh, I hate to waste really any part of the plant. So I got this as um, like a Christmas birthday gift. What is it for those listening and not, not seeing? So this is basically it's a washing machine for your plant. And what you're interested in is the water from the washing machine. So now, unfortunately, if you're just listening online, I've got a picture here of my laundry room and on top of my um, deep freeze, I've got the little washing machine. It's about a foot and a half tall. And then inside the washing machine is a 220 micron work bag. My plant material and ice will be going in there in layers. And then on the ground, I have a five gallon bucket and that bucket has four filter bags and so i bought the units separate uh, just to save some money so the uh, washing machine was probably in the 160s uh, so 160 165 somewhere in that range and if i can pause you there yeah for a sec uh, for, for those of us um, that you know don't have this machine um 
you know, what really worked well uh, is a drill. If you take a drill, uh, open up the end of the drill all the way up, and you, you can actually take a wooden spoon and put the wooden spoon right into the drill and clamp the drill down onto it. Uh, and you can go ahead and uh, and use that to, to actually, you know, uh, agitate it in place of this machine. Just wanted to kind of point that out. There is there is a plan plan B there for those that don't have it. Absolutely. And when I first saw it, it was... Uh exactly what you're descri- describing it was people putting um putting the material in and then just agitating it with either like a stick or the you know an end of a bat or something like that and um so this sort of does the same thing but for the lazier person i guess uh and if you look on the right hand side there's a little uh hose and then i just dump the hose into these bags so i've got them stacked i've got four bags and i've got them stacked in a five gallon bucket one on top of another and the bottom one that goes in first is a 25 micron uh filter bag so that has the smallest amount of holes and then the next is a 73 micron then 160 micron and then a 220 micron which matches the 220 micron bag that's in the washing machine and so you fill it up uh, with the ice. You layer the ice and the plant material inside the work bag. And then you start to fill up. Uh, you zip up the work bag. Then you fill it up with water. And now there's a, a line, like a lower, like a minimum and a maximum. I suggest filling the water up to the minimum uh, because then you're still going to be adding ice on top of that. Now, to talk just a, a little bit about the setup because uh, when it, I mentioned ice, I saw all the videos or a lot of the videos online and their ice seemed to melt very quickly, which seemed to be a bit of an issue. Um, so what I did was, uh, cause all of my, um, water that I use is reverse osmosis. So I took a few days and I just made up batches and batches of reverse osmosis water. So there was absolutely no contaminants in the ice. And so I was just trying to keep the product as pure uh, as possible. Smart. Well, every now and again. Um, so, yeah, see, now you threw me off. So I uh, agitate this, and I turned it on. Now, I think I made a mistake because the first time I did it, I turned it on for a long time. I turned it on for 10 or 15 minutes, and it, it, you'll, you'll see in a, a few pictures in a few moments that you, the plant material and chlorophyll you could see coming through. Um, so next time I do it, I'm going to just do it on like maybe a three minute or a four minute run, uh, just to see how that uh, compares. Well, hang on. So you, you bring up a great point, right? Because, um, the, this machine would have a set amount of time that it would be on. What, what's the normal time of run about what a half hour or something? Uh, no, I think it's, um, hang on one sec. Let me just go back to 15 minutes. Be- 15. Okay. 15 minutes because th- there's a reason for that. Because if you keep freezing and agitating the cannabis over and over and over and over and over again, eventually it's going to break down into pieces that are smaller than the screens. And they're going to pass through and it's going to contaminate your hash on the other end when you're collecting it, right? So that's why, and and this kind of applies to oil, which we'll get into in, in a little while, but... I just wanted to make that point um, for those of us that are going to be using um, the uh, the drill and the wooden spoon method, which is quite you know easy to 
to do w- without an additional cost. Um, you're probably going to want to do this for about, I think it's 20 minutes to a half hour in that range, but play with it and see, uh, and come up with something that's best uh, for you. But you can see here that this machine is just agitating that like, you know, when that's spinning, that's pretty wild to it. So that's probably why this one's set at 15 minutes. But just, you know, you will increase your yield if you do it longer and longer and longer. But you're going to reduce the quality of your end product more and more and more as you break down that, that plant material into sizes small enough to pass the filters. And it's that balancing act. Yep, exactly. So and so here's a, an example of when I would uh, scrape. So you pull the bag, um, or actually once the washing machine is done, you take the hose that's on the side and you um, pour it down into the, the bucket. So I've got a video going here. Now, forgive the fact that water will end up going a little over the floor, but um, most of it goes where it's supposed to. So you can see it's draining into the bucket with the filter bags. And so that will completely empty the washing machine. And then I will start lifting. Jeez, uh, <gasps> my nerves every time that hose, <laughs> all that work to go on the floor. Uh, do you know what? It's, uh, it, I, I was going to throw the plant out if I didn't have this, uh, this machine. So I, I don't look at what got spilled. I look at what, harvest, uh, what got harvested. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I'm a bucket half full kind of guy. So as you can see here, it's just fi- finishing off. And then I'm going to take the first bag, which is the 220 micron bag. I'm going to lift it up and all that water is going to sort of pool at the bottom where the mesh filter is. And so I'll just bounce it up and down a little bit. And that will sort of what happens is the oil that's happening will fill up and clog the mesh screen. And so when you bounce it, it sort of lifts everything up and allows the water to pass through for a moment and then it will clog it again. And then so you sort of keep bouncing it and that's a faster way to get through your drainage process. And then what I will do is I will scrape it with a spoon. I'll keep a spoon in the freezer and I will take the... uh, the freshly drained bag and I will go over to another five gallon bucket. I will put that filter bag inside the bucket and then I will spread the mesh filter wide and tight. So when I come along with the frozen spoon, it will be much easier to collect the um, wet sludge that that has uh, collected. Uh, And so I just put this on a 25 micron press screen and then I put it all in the in the freezer um, to freeze overnight and become nice and hard. And then the next day I will take it out and then I'll begin microplaning it. It seems like, uh, seems like a lot. It's um, a bit of a process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Myself personally, I've just kind of left it on cardboard overnight and maybe a, another day if necessary. And that just seemed to dry it out, uh, quite well well and the way i I do things is because i i don't know any better and this is my first time doing it so i watch you know 20 or 30 friggin videos and i find sort of the two or three that i really like um like i really enjoy mr canucks um he's a canadian guy and then bubble man's world um i really enjoy mr canuck watching him sort of make the solution and go through the process and then bubble man's world i really enjoy watching him um 
explain his process of microplaning. And, he, you know, he says something in one of his videos, and I won't be able to do it nearly as well as him, but you go through all this process of researching the strains, you know, ordering it, waiting for it, setting up your environment, uh, a lot of time and money into getting everything ready, and then you're spending weeks every day sometimes um, pruning, tending, fighting pests, getting the light right, the environment right, um, months and months. Then you you know you finally harvest, and then you go through the drying and the curing process. Uh, so it's just it's a lot of work. Now is not the time to drop the ball when you, you know you're mm-hmm. this close to making some really nice bubble hash. Um, you know, just a few more quality steps and you're there. Right. So if you do this right, so uh, as you're talking, I'm having a moment of realization, right? Because you're showing, um, you are showing the pictures on the screen, but we're not actually creating a, a context for the people that are listening uh, audio only. So I do want to back up for just a second here Absolutely. And, uh, and, qu- and quickly say, you know, what we were showing there was a, basically a mini washing, a mini washer. Uh, and uh, we, he was putting the cannabis uh, into water and ice. Uh, and that was agitated, uh, and then he was draining the water out and uh, and filtering them through bags. So basically, uh, you take a, a five-gallon bucket, and there's about five different bags, and they all have a different size screen in the bottom, it's a different micron size screen. One's a work bag, um, one's about 73 micron, uh, one's about 25, and there's different ranges in there too, depending on the bubble bag setup that you get. So when this water comes out of the washing machine, or when this water comes out of the other bucket that you're in uh doing this manually with a drill you you pour the 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 water with the trichomes uh through these bags and these filters are what's going to catch and capture the uh the trichomes as they make their way down through through the filters Uh, and if you do this right like if you don't overwork the cannabis and you're legitimately only capturing the trichromes you could end up with uh full melt right do you know what full melt is you ever hear the term pache i've heard it yeah i don't have full melt i i have probably a third melt um (laughs) You know, it, it bubbles up and it burns so quick and it is, it's potent and it'll grab you. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm getting there. You know, it was my first run. We'll see how my next run goes. Yeah. So full melt won't leave any residue behind. Uh, if, if anybody's out there hearing this term for the very first time, it'll, um, it, after you burn full melt. So basically the way you know, the way you can know that you've achieved full melt is when you burn it, that there's no residue, um, left behind. And, you know, that's pretty much the highest grade. When you hit that point, you, you've captured only the glandular trichromes or, uh, trichomes or, or pieces of them, right? Whether it be, I think in the 25 micron, if you do this right, that only catch that only catches the ball on the top of just the the heads just the heads right and then in the 73 micron bag you should end up with just the stocks um if i remember correctly or pieces of it whatever the case may be so 
big key here is don't overwork the material. Um, yes, you are going to increase your overall yield, but you're going to increase your overall yield at the cost of quality. Um, and, you know, usually with making extracts, you want to kind of have the highest quality, right? Add a little sprinkle of hash to a, to a joint and kick it up a notch or sprinkle it over the top of a bowl after uh, you get off work for the day, whatever the case may be. So just wanted to touch a little bit on that. Just because not everybody can see and we have more listeners on uh, Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio than we do on YouTube and Twitch. So just a fun fact there. Yeah, that's fair point. Fair point. Yep. So uh, moving forward, we'll try to just kind of be a little more descriptive with the pictures as we bring them up and that way we can create the mental image for anybody uh, listening. But you know, hash is only one thing, right? Not to spend the whole day talking about hash, but I sure do love hash. And we're only talking about the Western ways to make hash. Uh, over in, you know, some other countries, they use a, a silk screen over a bowl and they'll take uh, cannabis and they'll smack it over the bowl, right? And they'll catch the, tr- the trikes that way. Uh, just wanted to point that out. The, these aren't the only ways to do it. These are just the ways that the home grower are going to be doing it. Um, so just something to talk about, but if hash isn't your thing, or if you're using cannabis for medical purposes, right? There's something, um, in some cases, some people would view as being a little bit better. Uh, and that is cannabis oil or RSO, Rick Simpson oil. I have definitely heard of it. Yeah. Are you familiar with Rick Simpson? I am familiar with it and his story. Uh, I Mm -hmm. I really haven't heard very much about him, uh, or his oil lately though. He had a stroke not long ago. Oh, Yeah, so um, I I do get some information on Facebook from time to time. But we're going to, let's not go down that rabbit hole right now. Absolutely. Let's kind of save that topic for another uh, episode because I do really want to to focus in on how to make it. Yeah, that's Um, a whole episode in itself for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, but with oil, right, usually it's the bud trim, um, you know, the, the flower trim, right? Uh, the stuff that you're cutting off with the scissors or the airy buds or the, uh, you know, maybe you just had, maybe you ended up with 12 pounds with your outdoor this year, right? And you can only smoke two and you just want to make, make a bunch of different products. You know, people do that too, whatever the case may be. Um, but one thing that we want to basically know, um, because there's different ways to, to get oil. Right. And there's different ways to get different types of oil or extract. It's all kind of the same thing. At the end of the day, you know, you're, you're a trichome farmer is what you are. And, and, and the flower is the vessel in which the plant presents you your, your trichome harvest. And that's the way you have to really think about it. Right. Um, and what you do with those trikes is totally up to you. Um, but those trichomes are alkaloid soluble. Okay, so what that means is if you if you introduce them into an alkaloid, they will dissolve. Okay, so this is kind of where shatter and, um, you know, BHO, um, rosin, the whole kind of nine yards here. Well, not rosin because it's it's, uh, solventless, but um, they're alkaloid soluble. Soluble. So basically what's happening uh, is you're soaking the plant material in 
in an alkaloid of some sort. And we'll talk about a couple of those in a minute. Uh, and after you soak the, the, the plant material in there, the trichomes dissolve into the fluid. And then it's just a matter of evaporating the fluid away. And then you're left with, um, w- with oil. Uh, so this is a highly flammable process though. And I can't stress this enough. Uh, it's not something that you just want to lightly, uh, attempt to do without lots and lots and lots of research and looking at videos and paying attention to the entire process because, uh, alkaloids are flammable. And when you heat them up and they release into the air, uh, if they get concentrated, they can cause an explosion and I have met people that have caused explosions. I have caused fires myself doing this process. Not, not once, but twice. Um, I was just very, 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 very lucky, very lucky and learned lots of lessons. Even when I thought I, even when I thought I knew everything, uh, I have another friend as well that, uh, burnt a, a room in his basement this is not something that you can play around with. This is not something that you want to do lightly, whether it's making oil or whether it's making any type of other extract uh, it, uh, that is um, using this type of alkaloid. So uh, examples of these are like grain alcohol, something uh, popular or ethanol. Uh, the go-to really around this area due to high availability is 99% isopropyl alcohol. Um, so you want to be sure that if you're, if you're making oil, that you have, uh, something that's very pure because you don't want to have any type of residual, uh, residue left behind that could potentially contaminate your, your product. Okay. So, um, basically you soak the plant material in this, uh, in this, uh, um, in my case, isopropyl alcohol, uh, seven minutes. You can set a timer for seven minutes. A- after seven minutes, all of the trichomes should be dissolved. Uh, anything longer than seven minutes is going to start to capture the chlorophyll and leach the chlorophyll out of the plant material. And some people that use cannabis for med- for medicinal purposes actually leave it soak longer because chlorophyll on its own has a lot of gastrointestinal benefits. Oh. And for people that s- suffer with Crohn's disease and, and stuff like that, it can really help get your digestive system moving so um again you're in total control of what you want and having the knowledge to customize everything for completely for your needs is the whole purpose of why we we try to get together every week and share this information right um so everybody keep that in mind but if you're just somebody who is uh is is trying to get some real high quality honey oil or that gold oil or that red hue oil uh seven minutes of a soak is what you want to do Feel feel free and go back a second time and do a second soak if you want and keep those batches separate to see what you capture in the quality versus the first batch. Uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But um, something I've made a lot of and uh, something my mom uses on a, on a regular basis for fibromyalgia. So um, just wanted to hit a few points on that. Do you ever hear the term FICO? No, that's a new one on me. Okay, fico. So, I mean, it, it's basically the same as oil, but you're using full extract. It's full extract, right? So you're using basically the whole plant to make the oil. And 
for people that use medicinally, you know, that's kind of uh, something that, that, that they look for all the time because they're getting the full benefits and the full uh, array of cannabinoids from the plant. Um, so I just wanted to kind of touch on that. So that's basically the choice for uh, medical patients. Um, but then, you know, hey, things move forward. Right back in the day, it was only hash you know, hash, or or you could get some oil, but other than that, you know, we get these new things popping up, hey, the demon chatter, uh, you know, <laughs> got a bad name for itself on the internet uh, for a while there, because of the whack jobs, um, making videos and, and stuff, talking about this stuff being, you know, totally addictive, what's your thoughts on chatter? I've tried it, I like it. Mm-hmm. So, Again, it's an extract, right? But um, for those that have made butane honey oil, Shatter's actually pretty close to butane honey oil, right? There's only one difference. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But with uh, with butane honey oil, um, they used to sell these honeybee extractors, right? They were just basically PVC tubing that uh, were designed to put a, a, a can of uh, butane in one end and to have the butane... Uh, there's a filter on the other end and then the butane comes back out and drips into a, a container that you collect it in uh, and you shoot these cans of butane and it has to be um, has to be really pure butane you know or 20x filtered whatever the highest x filtered that you can get is what you want to use so basically you fill this tube with uh, with your uh, ground up or cut up cannabis and uh, you very very slowly you know press the the canister of butane up and squirt little bits of butane in, into the uh, into the cylinder and hold it over a pyrex uh, container that's going to catch the fluid uh, again very 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 uh, volatile situation here and it's not something you do indoors at all um, you want to uh, to make sure you're outdoors uh, w- when you're doing this um, please because and it's something you want to research before you get into doing it um, but once you blow a couple of couple of cans of butane through this thing you've collected some butane in its liquid form into this pyrex dish uh, and then what people do is basically just uh, take boiling hot water and put it make a double boiler uh, and then they'll go outside and they'll put this pyrex container on top of a you know a bowl filled with boiling hot water and and that's enough for the butane to evaporate uh, back into the air outdoors and what's left is a honey like sticky substance in the mm. pyrex container and yeah and they they like to use square containers right because eventually you're going to have to scrape this out with a uh, razor blade and you want to you want you don't want something round it's really difficult to to scrape it out of something round, you want to have something that's uh, just buy one of those round square. razor blades, or <laughs> just buy a round razor blade if <laughs> if you're so inclined. Um, but you know, so 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 you end up there at that point. Once all of the uh, butane's gone, you have BHO or butane honey oil. Nice. Uh, the only difference between BHO and shatter is is uh, BHO or shatter goes through one additional process. They put it into a um, into a pressurized vacuum. And they um, they suck the residual um, butane out of the product that way, and it kind of changes its consistency a little bit from sticky to uh, to hard. Hence the term shatter. So just wanted to touch on that. Um, a lot of people don't realize that they're very close to 
to the same. Um, but, uh, and there's other types of extraction too, but like CO2 extraction, but that stuff is more for industrial, um, and, uh, you know, big facilities kind of use that stuff. So don't want to really go down that road. We're talking about stuff that the home grower is going to do, um, you know, so to keep on with that, but, um, we're going to have a special guest coming up in a couple of weeks there, Pache, that's going to be able to talk a lot about rosin or, or wax, right? Absolutely. Uh, we have another YouTuber that is going to be coming on the show. And he, uh, you know, he's a guy that I've known for many, many years. And uh, so he's a very interesting guy. He uh, He knows his stuff and he loves to experiment and play around. And um, so, yeah, he... Uh, he was one of the guys that got me on into the like this hash washing machine, and um, he has one, and he has now a press, and uh, so he has a YouTube channel six one three grow with me, and so we'll be um, when he comes on, we'll be uh, attaching a link to his channel, but uh, check him out. He is very entertaining, and uh, looking forward to having him on the show. Hmm. So that's awesome. I'm going to look forward to that. Um, but, uh, you know, just to kind of talk about Roz, just in place uh, of getting some more professional uh, views from uh, him coming up on a future episode, um, basically, you know, this is like, you know, you see lots of these guys on Instagram and uh, and Facebook with these presses. You've seen these pictures, right? Mm-hmm. These hydraulic presses with uh, heated plates, you know, and basically what they're doing is they're just crushing. They're just crushing the cannabis and the, all of the essential oils and the waxes are being released from the flower just under the pressure. And this stuff starts dripping down on this way. Oh, it looks so good when it's dripping. You must have seen some. Uh, oh, yeah. I've seen the videos, man. Uh, Mr. Canuck, uh, Mr. Canuck, he has a lot of these types of videos and I highly recommend checking him out. Um, he has the camera right down and he presses a lot and it looks just amazing to see it just oozing out. Um, and he'll show every now and again what happens if you do it a little too aggressively and you get a blowout. So I highly recommend checking him out. It's, uh, it's really great to watch though. Yeah, I've just love it. Uh, I have a friend who who won a few presses on oh. Instagram and some contests. Um, nice. So yeah, he, he's been big into They're that. Pricey. That's a nice uh, prize. Yeah, and then d- did it twice, not not just once, but twice. Oh. So, um, but basically, so what's happening here, right? Is they're using these these presses and these heated plates, uh, and they're putting the cannabis into these little uh, little bags that are a certain micron size, just like we talked about mm-hmm. with making bubble hash or or dry sift. Um, and you know, after they, they, they crush the cannabis, it releases, um, it releases its essential oils and, and waxes. Um, they're usually, again, they're with decarboxylation. You can kind of fine tune this, right? There's a couple of different recipes, if you will. Um, one of them is kind of like in the range. So having your heated plates in the range of about 160 to 180 degrees, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit of a longer process, um, any, anywhere between one and five minutes and this is when you get your butter what they would deem as like wax or you know kind of it's a butter or batter consistency okay um, so thicker pasty kind of 
Yeah, exactly. And it, it's capturing most of the terps, but uh, at the sake of uh, of yield. It's like, um, you know, just a kind of a different different extraction. Uh, another they use is about 180 degrees to 220 degrees, uh, and it's a little shorter. It's only about 45 seconds to three-minute range, uh, and this is where they get, like, the oily uh, sh- or shatter-like consistency. Um, so little bit of a difference there, right? I just want to, I'm sure there's a little difference in pressure as well, um, or could potentially be, but, um, I think I, I've seen one online where you can sort of program everything into it and it will come down on like the plates will come down and close and it will count down the timer and preheat to the right temperature. And, uh, so it takes the user error out as much as possible and it looks amazing probably a zillion dollars i have done this with my own cannabis with a hair straightener i've seen it done and wax paper and so how how well did it do like did it really work you know i'm gonna be totally honest with you it works it definitely works so i'm gonna go buy a hair straightener Uh, right now get some wax paper and some bud but yeah, but here's the thing, you know, if you're going to get into this and actually, you know, do it on a regular basis, you're going to want to have, you're going to want to have a hair straightener that um, has an adjustable temperature. So you can set it to some of these temperatures um, to make the right, to make sure you're, you're doing it. Right. So, and um, how much would that yield? Like just like a, a sort of like a hit in the banger or something, one or two hits? So from my past experience, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's really high quality cannabis that you're pressing, mm-hmm. you can you can get maybe four or five you what? know hits. Yeah, I gotta go buy a free uh, hair if, straightener. If it's lower quality cannabis, you might get two from a gram, like from a gram. Okay, okay, yeah. Now, are, is this the most efficient way to do it? No. If you're out of papers and you only have a dab rig, you know, uh, would this get you out of a jam? Yes. Absolutely. Would I steal my girlfriend's hair straightener and do this on a regular basis? No. <laughs> so <laughs> or you'd only do it once. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course you're doing it in wax paper, right? Right. Um, and yeah. And pressing it together as hard as you can and, uh, sitting on it, standing on it, whatever the case may be. Um, there's videos on, on YouTube. So if, if it sounds like something you're going to throw together last minute, get yourself your YouTube certification and look it up. <laughs> all right so all right so and that pretty much like sums up the extract portion of it right for what most people are 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 gonna do uh and all of these methods that we just talked about uh unless you're gonna eat them which um most of the for the for most of these things most people don't eat them except for oil um so if you're gonna be making oil um it, you want to take a look at the way you're making the oil and the temperatures that you're you're boiling the isopropyl alcohol off at because decarboxylation can take place during that process and you don't want to start by decarboxylating the cannabis first and then double decarboxylating it while you're making the oil. Um, that could change the consistency altogether and reduce its medical benefits. But for everything else, there's no decarboxylation involved. 
Uh, unless, of course, now you're going to get into making edibles, which is super popular. Um, you know, lots of people make edibles. Lots of people play around with things, right? These are all products that you're going to consume. Them. I am interested uh, in this. I have not had a whole lot of success with edibles, but I am very interested in... And we're going to break this down. Yeah. I, I may have, without even knowing it, I may have an explanation for you as to why edibles may not work or... It, it, it's things that we got to consider when you look at the science behind it. And when you look at the way cannabinoids break down and what temperatures they do that, if you follow this all correctly, there's no reason if you get high off a joint and you're only, you know, burning it at 30%, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, efficiency, there's no reason why you can't consume that same cannabis at a hundred percent efficiency and not get high. That's right. Okay. Let's science the shit out of this. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> you know, and I, I've had lots of real, cause I've made lots of different types of edibles and chocolate and gummies and I've done all of that home, home cook stuff with all different types of things. I've done cold extraction in, in, in glycerin, which takes months and months and months, um, all kinds of different things. So, uh, I've had lots of moments of realization when I've made batches of things and didn't get high and then made batches of things and did get high. Uh, and it caused me to kind of back backtrack and start researching stuff that I probably should have done in the very beginning. Um, but I learned things the hard way and that's what I've kind of always done. So, um, but now I, I've kind of got a lot of it, uh, a lot of realizations made and, and have a lot of success with it now. So, um, let's get the easy one out of the way first. So the easy one is like glycerin extraction. Have you ever heard of cold extraction? I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. So basically they take a jar and they put a bunch of cannabis in it and they fill it with vegetable glycerin uh, and then they seal it up and uh, store it away in a cool, dark place for months and months and months and months and months. And then eventually you st open it up, strain out the plant material and you're left with infused glycerin, which you, you can kind of eat off a spoon or use, use it in a dropper under your tongue, put it in coffee, whatever kind of floats your boat, um, you know. Is it something I would do again? Well, no, I don't think, you know, it was just a lot of time and I didn't get a huge wow moment at the end of it, but it was nice to start my day on a weekend with a couple of spoonfuls in the coffee as a sweetener, right? Um, nice. It sounds nice. Yeah. Get the day going, going good. Uh, just to knock that one out of the way. Um, but uh, you may want be wondering, well, in a cold extraction, there's no heat, right? No, there's no heat. So how does how does decarboxylation occur? Well, decarboxylation happens with, with heat, and it also happens over time, naturally, right? And that's why this cold extraction process takes so many months, uh, because it's de decarboxylating naturally over time. Um, but for most people, you know, they want to get into like, hey, let's make some hash brownies or some weed brownies, right? Or let's make some cookies or, or, or chocolate or, you know, gummy bears. These are the real, um, real popular things. And most of this stuff starts with, with, with really two things. It either starts with cannabis-infused butter or it starts with cannabis-infused uh, oil, like usually like a coconut oil. Do you know why? Do you know why butter and oil are the two real go-to things? Uh, because of how they uh, bind to the cannabinoids, or how uh, it attaches to our receptors. Well, you, you, you hit it. Uh, you hit it right on the head. Um, these are fats, 
and um, the lipids, basically, mm, and fatty and, lipids, and, and cannabinoids attached to lipids, so they they bind to fat. Um, so by using these types of products to infuse, you're capturing the most amount of goodness from the material that you're processing, right? Yes, goodness. Just wanted just wanted to point that out. So, um, but with the process of making butter, right? So again, usually your bud trim, or it's those small airy buds, or if you had, you know, a great harvest, maybe you're using quad A nugs. Up to you. Um, but it basically starts with uh, with unsalted butter, right? You usually get yourself four or five of the big, big blocks. Uh, melt those. Myself personally, I've used a uh, you know like a crock pot. Um, melt the butter up and then uh, go ahead and uh, put all your cannabis that you're going to use. Um, before you get into the process of making butter, though, it's important to know what your end product is going to be first. And there's a reason for this. Okay. okay. And really want everybody to pay attention. And this, I think, is the part that people miss. So if if you're going to, let's say your end product is going to be cookies. Okay. Okay. You, when you make the cookies at the end with the butter, decarboxylation is going to happen when the cookies are baking. Right. So you're not going to start this process by decarboxylating your cannabis first. Uh-huh. And a lot of the things online say, oh, you're making edibles, start by decarboxylation. And that's that's true half the time, but it's not true the other half. If you're going to make cookies, if you if you follow in that recipe and you decarboxylate and then you make cookies at the end, you're double decarboxylating and you're totally lowering your potency in your final product mm. just due to something so simple. Okay. okay. Uh, and and again, when you, so I just wanted to point that out. But you're basically going to mix your cannabis uh, and your butter together in the crock pot. A lot of a lot of people say, oh, I left it 24 hours and it was great, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. I do not recommend you leave it that long. I think four hours is sufficient as long as you're um, disturbing it a lot during the process. Uh, and then, you know, after four hours, maybe six hours max uh, through a uh, cheesecloth, um, you strain out the plant material from the butter. Okay. okay. Uh, and, pe- and, and people put a little bit of water in the butter as well. Okay, because but Help there's a reason flow. for that. Well, it it basically it it the water is something that carries the tiny little bits of weed that make it through, um, that make it through the cheesecloth. Okay, the water will actually grab those, and when when you pour your butter out into a uh, into a bowl to solidify, mm-hmm. the water won't. Of course, water and oil don't don't mix, so the water settles at the bottom and carries all of the uh, little bits of plant material down into the bottom, and then the butter solidifies on top. Ah, okay. So you can remove the butter, and the water's left in the container with all the tiny little bits of weed, and the butter's clear. Nice. Okay. So, but maybe you're going to make chocolate, right? You know, maybe now that you've yes. got your butter, maybe now you're going to melt a bunch of chocolate and mix this butter in, and we are, and, and make and make cannabis infused chocolate, yes. right? So, so if if that's the case, you're going to want to have decarbed a little bit first, right? Okay. In the beginning, so you would want to basically do. For me personally, I would do like a half a d. De- if I was making chocolate, I would do a half a decarb in the oven with my plant material first before I put it in to make the butter. 
I would do a half a decarb. So whatever the decarb recipe is that you're choosing, cut it in half. Cut the cut the length of time in half. Uh, and then knowing that the um, as the the plant material is is in the butter for those four hours or six hours, uh, more decarboxylation is going to take place. So now that I've got my cannabis infused butter at the end, I'm going to have the most potently available chocolate that I possibly can. So that's why I just really want to stress the point that it, it it's up to you to, you know, figure out what you're going to make first. Um, maybe you're going to make a um, brownies, right? That just require butter to be mixed in, but they don't go in the oven. No bake brownies. That's a big one, right? Um, so you want to just take these things into consideration so you can you can unlock the most potential from your hardly uh, earned and grown cannabis. Um, how are you feeling about that, Pache? Fantastic, man. I feel great about it, everything. I, I can't wait to try <laughs> all the products that we're going to be making in the future and all the products that we haven't even thought of that other people are going to be making. I, It's a brave new world, um, but in this case, it's a, a good way. Well, one other point I want to make for you, because if, if, if you, um, you know, if, if you're not having a lot of success with... Uh, you know, with edibles getting you high, mm-hmm. for instance, um, you may want to look at, at, at infusing or like infusing a coconut oil or like a medium chain triglyceride. Because mm-hmm. if you use that and then use a recipe for cookies or something, for instance, that, that uses, uh, the infused oil in, in place of butter, um, the medium chain triglycerides bypass your stomach. Okay. Okay. Anything bound to a medium chain triglyceride is not is not processed by the stomach. It passes through the lining of the stomach, uh, and and goes like directly to your liver. So it increases the effects. I just want to point that out. And also with edibles too, it's important to know like um, what you've eaten in the run of a day, right? Like if you just had a huge lobster boil and clam boil, and you're just full right to the nines, and then you eat two cookies, it could be four hours or six hours before you really start to get high. And that can put you in a problem because you can't uneat cookies. Let me tell you, (laughs) (laughs) you may want to, but uh, (laughs) you can't uneat them. Right. And that's, that's uh, a problem. A lot of people will make, they'll have a huge meal, you know, a huge celebration, whatever. And somebody hands out cookies and then it's not the type of thing like smoking a joint where you feel the effects right away sometimes it can be um you know for people that don't have a great digestive system and maybe that were full sometimes they don't feel the effects until the next day oh that could be right, awkward at the uh, monday morning meeting. Yeah, right <laughs> it could tell right and that's why a, a lot of people you know don't uh, they're like oh i tried that once and i'm not doing that anymore right it's uh made that mistake once but uh, just a few points I really wanted to touch on. Um, if you haven't eaten anything uh, in the run of the day, right? So maybe you just had a, had a couple of cups of coffee for Happens breakfast or whatever and, and landed at your buddy's place and you have two or three co- three cookies, um, they can hit you really fast and hard, right? Uh, sometimes within 25 minutes. Uh, so that's something else that you want to take, uh, into consideration when you're playing with, uh, edibles or medibles. Um, and that pretty much sums up, uh, I think we hit all the points there. Um, so just re- pay real close attention to the butter thing. Uh, cause that's been very popular for, uh, for everybody. 
So Pache, big, big night. We just pretty much walked through, you know, the entire uh, basic process from locating equipment, um, the types of things that you need, how to use them, you know, some um, some variables with regards to environments and, and pests lightly and walking pests and deficiencies and, and, and uh, products that have worked for us. Uh, we talked about mainlining and scrogging and uh, vegetative growth and flower growth and had to deal with adversity and uh, all kinds of, of things as we work through these first uh, six episodes. So this wraps up uh, season one. And like I said, we're going to pivot now to uh, a new kind of format um, where when we come back in two weeks time, uh, we're going to start with uh, with a special guest uh, and uh, we're going to spend a, a little bit of time talking to them, getting their experiences. Um, then we'll pick some other topics and some other um, new and emerging cannabis technologies or, or news, um, whatever the case may be. Maybe we'll get into taking some uh, some questions from listeners um, or from uh, our website, whatever the case may be. And if we have so, any listeners that have suggestions uh, on what they'd like to hear, then uh, reach out absolutely and you would just want to go to uh, www.planttherapy.live and in the bottom right hand corner of the screen there is a little chat icon just go ahead and click that um, and fill out the boxes and that message will come through to us or drop us a message uh, on facebook or you can go to planttherapy.live on Facebook and uh, we share some videos there every couple of days and um, post some links to some of the equipment that we use. So, um, you know, very good night. Pache, any last minute closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, actually, I do want to give a quick shout out to a, uh, a Canadian arm wrestler. Uh, his name is Devin Larratt, and he is um, a Canadian veteran, and he is a, a world champion arm championship arm wrestler. Um, he's just a he's not the beast, but he's a beast, and he has a fight coming up. He is not a fighter; he's an arm wrestler. But um, I don't know. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Me? Yes. <laughs> uh it's my favorite show okay well you know the mountain yes uh so the mountain is called thor bjornson and mm -hmm. thor bjornson was supposed to fight um eddie the beast hall and something happened with eddie hall he couldn't make it and now devin is stepping in <laughs> if i would if i was fighting him too i wouldn't be able to make it and and, and like, can you imagine so here's devin he's gonna devin's been in montreal and he's been training the past couple weeks he, he's only had like maybe three or four weeks to uh to train and you know the guy is 47 years old and but he's got arms like like oh my god like they're just they remind me of hulk hogan um, and he is an intense guy. And, uh, so anyway, uh, Devin, if you're listening, I hope you do well. Uh, you know, everybody that supports you, everybody's very proud of you and win or lose. Um, wow. What an exciting, uh, adventure that is to, to, uh, be fighting the mountain. Like that is, that's something that doesn't happen every day to anybody. Big, big round so of applause luck, from us here. Yeah, big round of applause here from us at PlantTherapy.live. So uh, best of luck. Uh, so once again, I just want to remind our listeners that uh, next week, so what date are we looking at for next week there, Pache? That's going to be Sunday the um, 12th? 5th? 
and then the fifth. Yes. Okay. So, so Sunday the fifth, we will not be releasing an episode, and season two is going to start on the twelfth. Sounds good, and we'll be starting with a guest. And we'll be starting with a guest. We're not going to release. Oh, we already released his name, so or released who he is. So that's the YouTuber that we're going to bring on, and uh, we're going to have a great conversation there. We've got our guest also lined up as well for September nineteenth. Uh, which is going to be fantastic. Can't wait to get uh, him uh, on here and, and have a great conversation. Uh, so moving forward, if you want to be on the show as well, drop us a line at planttherapy.live and we will uh, go ahead and uh, see if we can get you into the mix. Uh, so again, you're going to be looking to join us on September 12th. Uh, once again, my name is Ray. And I'm Pache. And uh, we wish you guys have a great week and happy growing. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a great week, Ray. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.